Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What makes Mike Florio the expert? You're about to find out. This is Pro Football Talk Live with Mike Florio on NBC Sports Radio. It's a Monday edition of PFT Live, NBC Sports Radio, heading over to NBCSN in an hour. Chris Sims again from his home. Scaled down production continues. Connecticut under stay-at-home order, multiple other states the same. And this is going to continue, folks. This is going to continue for a while. I think we all know that by now. I think we are well into the acceptance phase of this new reality that we are dealing with. And we just continue... One day at a time, one hour at a time if need be. We're climbing a mountain, and we don't know where the top is, so we just keep climbing. That's all we can do. Next to the last day of the radio show, if you haven't heard, we're going to continue on NBCSN indefinitely. We will be available to hear live on the Sirius XM 211 channel from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Tune in as well. The podcast will be posted every day after the show. For now, that first hour will be suspended indefinitely. I shouldn't complain because I get to sleep an extra hour. I'm going to miss doing the first hour of the show. I may do more PFTPM podcasts in the afternoon, so you can just listen to those in the morning in the place of the first hour. Maybe doing that. Got something percolating down the road just a little bit. Not very far down the road. Can't say much about it for now. I don't know. Maybe I could. I just don't want to get in trouble. I don't know how definite it is, although I'm pretty sure it's definite. It's one of those things where you don't want to jinx it. But the TV show does continue, and it's 7 to 9 with a re-air, 9 to 11, and some days we do a full four hours live, depending upon what's going on. And there's still plenty going on 
as we approach the draft just 24 days away. And I've gotten the sense that people just accept the fact that the draft is coming. And any time that they would spend complaining about the fact that the draft is coming takes away from preparation for the draft that is coming. There's a certain point where you just have to say, here we go. No complaining is going to make it any different. And everybody has to do it. And everybody is on the same footing. One of the things that we got clarification on yesterday, and it just shows that these teams truly aren't operating in the dark. The teams can communicate with an unlimited number of prospects three times per week, per prospect, up to one hour at a time. So in theory, you can be talking either teleconference or video conference with every prospect, everyone who was at the combine, everyone who wasn't invited to the combine but is still a prospect. You can be talking to all of them three times a week, one hour a crack. That's three hours per week. You can be talking to these guys. Now, it's not a replacement for sitting across a table from someone, especially someone who's got some off-field issues. You want to look them in the eye. You want to see whether or not they're being honest and truthful. It's not a replacement for that ride from the airport where the guy sitting in the back seat doesn't realize that the kid who's driving is paying attention to everything that is being said. Call somebody on the phone, listens to that how the player interacts with the person driving the car, everything. Those little things make a big difference sometimes. Don't have that. But here's what you do have. Let's say it's a guy that you are concerned about how reliable he is. Will he be on time? Will he be punctual? Will he follow the rules? Well, you don't want to talk to him for very long, but you want to talk to him three times a week. At 11 a.m., Tell you what, Joe, we're going to have a regular session here with you over the next few weeks. We want to talk to you. We want to get to know you. You want to get to know us? We want to get to know you. Okay, we're going to talk to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 a.m. Does he take the call? Does he show up? Is he engaged? Is he awake? That's a good little way that you can use these procedures to test someone. See, it's all about taking the rules that we have and being as creative as you can possibly be. John Lynch had a video over the weekend, the 49ers GM. No excuses, no explanations. That's the attitude you have to have. Kevin Colbert, the Steelers GM. Harkening back to the 1974 Steelers draft where they found five Hall of Famers, four in the draft and one undrafted, Donnie Shell, who will be inducted later this year. Not quite sure how the induction is going to go, but he will be inducted later this year. They didn't have all the stuff the teams have now in 1974. They didn't have pro day workouts. They didn't have a scouting combine. You know, you got to rely on the film. I feel like so much of the stuff that happens before the draft is about building a file to cover your butt 
in case the guy that you pick is a bust. I really do. You want stuff in there that you can point to if that guy that you picked becomes a bust and you need to say to your boss, here's why I picked him. Flip side, you want to have stuff in there that covers your butt if the guy you didn't pick becomes a star. You want to be able to make the case why you didn't pick him. You didn't pick Green. Remember there was a story at one point last week when Lamar Jackson was taking, not last year rather, when Lamar Jackson was taking the league by storm. I think it was Jay Glazer reporting the GMs were going back to see which of their scouts were for and against Lamar Jackson. Who was pushing him and who was advocating against him? Ultimately, it's the GM's call. See, the GM's covering his own butt in that situation. Looking for somebody else to blame for his failure to believe in Lamar Jackson. Well, it must be my scout's fault because none of them set the table for me to believe in Lamar Jackson. I didn't have anyone who was banging the table for Lamar Jackson. They were all banging the table for someone else or banging the table against Lamar Jackson. It gets to a point that I addressed yesterday in the mailbag that I'm going to start doing every Sunday. I took 10 questions from Twitter and answered them, and one was would I advise a college player coming into the NFL to have an agent. And one of the reasons that you need an agent, a good agent, a skilled agent with connections, you need somebody to push back against all the crap that the other agents are going to be throwing your client's way or your way if you're the player because that game, and I think it becomes even more important in this draft, the agents working the phones, working the evaluators, working the coaches, working the GMs to both promote their players, but also to knock the players that their clients are competing with. That's fair game. Well, let me tell you, here's why you'll want to draft my guy, and here's why you definitely don't want the other guy. The other guy is this, that, and the other thing. See, Lamar Jackson went through that two years ago with no one to promote him and no one to protect him because the agent then needs to say, don't listen to, don't listen to him. Listen, here's why my guy, that's all crap. You see what they're trying to do, don't you? They, they want him to slide down the board so they can draft him. You need that. And in the absence of visits to the facility, private workouts, pro day workouts, all the other stuff that you would have available to you in a normal draft year, the agents working the phones, working their contacts, working their networks, talking up their guys, talking down the guys who are represented by other agents. That's the way the game is played. And that's going to be a critical part of what happens over the next 24 days. Peter King delves into some of the logistics of how the draft can happen. And I, I, we, I don't know if we've talked about it here. Or I've written about it, but he's right. It's going to look a lot like when you turn on the TV to one of the cable news channels or to ESPN. A lot of people wearing AirPods. A lot of people with some interesting background choices that we've had some fun talking about. Some of them are just, even now I'm like, have you put any thought whatsoever into what this shot is going to look like?
Like, who who is working with these people? Do they spend a few... Like, can you just move the camera around? Can you move the computer around? Let's see what's back there. Stop. Good. But that's what we're going to see. Now, look. The world could be a lot different in three weeks and three days. It was a hell of a lot different three weeks and three days ago. That's for damn sure. But at the same time... Do we really see the clouds parting on this by April 23rd? When the president extended on Sunday night the recommendations that have been in place for the past two weeks through the end of April and admitted that it's not going to be until June. You know, there was that talk about by Easter, everything's going to be back to normal. And we all knew it's just not going to happen. So... The draft proceeds. The draft is the only game, the only thing that's going to unite a massive live audience to watch the same thing at the same time. Look at how many people are talking about this Tiger King show. My wife and I have been watching it. We're going to finish it tonight. It, it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but man, there are some crazy people. My God. I don't know if taking care of animals that can kill you in a second if they choose to, I don't know if that attracts unusual or creates unusual, but there's a whole lot of unusual in that show. It's a slice of life that I don't want on my plate, that's for sure. To each his own, but man... That's an eye-opener. Anyway, we're hearing so much about that because it's it's the closest thing to a shared experience. Then Ozark Season 3 is back, and people get excited about that, but it's not all happening at the same time for everyone at the same time. That's the key. That's the beauty of live sports, especially football. It's all happening at the same time, so we're all watching and reacting at the same time. It unites us. That's what's going to happen in 24 days, first round of the draft. There's going to be some casual Super Bowl-only fans who get engaged in this. Why? FOMO. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's experiencing it. So you have to as well. It's that simple. It's going to be the biggest draft ever. It's going to be the highest ratings ever. Ever. Without question. It's going to look unlike anything we've ever seen by way of the draft, and it's going to have the highest ratings ever. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be so successful that some people are going to say, gee, maybe we should do it this way every year. Maybe people should be at home every year for the production. Maybe we don't need a desk anymore. You just wonder how many of the things that come out of this two, three, four, five, however many month period of our lives will stick. Will we ever go back to shaking hands? Is this a moment where the handshake becomes the powdered wig? Right? Will they be talking in schools and bars and wherever people get together, <laughs> Zoom conferences in in a hundred years and and laugh about when people used to actually shake hands when they encountered each other? It's kind of a pointless exercise when you think of it. Do we really need to do it to acknowledge that we are in the same presence? We are in the same, we are here. Hello. Hi. How are you? 
the new handshake will be turning off your phone and putting it in your pocket. That's the acknowledgement that you're in someone else's presence. So we've never really lived this. I mean, you know, I grew up during the Cold War and there was this constant fear that at any given moment, the missiles were going to be in the air and you got numb to it after a while, but it was always there. But it didn't change your day-to-day -day life. This is the first major day-to-day -day life change in my lifetime. And you just wonder how many of these changes are going to last. I got to take a break. When we return, there's one specific way that the world has changed for the NFL that has allowed the Rams to take full advantage of some loopholes that are out there. I'll explain it to you when we return, but they are basically carrying a couple guys on the roster who may never make it onto the roster. And before they get on the roster, they got to create some cap space. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. 22 minutes after the hour, it's Pro Football Talk Live. Someone pointed out to me on Thursday or Friday, after the Michael Brockers deal fell through with the Ravens and Brockers ended up back with the Rams, someone asked me, hey, have the Rams ever announced that they have signed Leonard Floyd or Sean Robinson? Floyd, linebacker from the Bears, Robinson was a free agent defensive tackle. Both have been linked to the Rams. Neither have been added to the roster. Neither have had their signings announced. Once Brockers goes back to the Rams, and when you look at their cap space and they don't have a lot right now, Floyd and Robinson are in limbo. And right now, I don't think the Rams have the cap space to absorb their contracts. And they are waiting my understanding is, for Jared Goff to restructure his deal and reduce his cap number of $36 million. Now, the ideal time to do that would have been before he earned his latest gigantic roster bonus of $20 million plus, turn that into a signing bonus. They need the cap space, but they're squatting on Floyd and Robinson. In a normal year... That wouldn't fly. You're going to get the deals done in a normal year. See, this is a team taking advantage of the fact that you can't get deals done until you get physicals, and you can't get physicals during the COVID-19 pandemic because you can't get your doctors in a position to perform the physicals, especially in L.A. where there's a stay-at-home order in place. I'm looking at Goff's contract for this year. $10 million base salary. He's already earned a $21 million roster bonus. Payable March 19. That's when you do the, the restructuring. You take that $31 million. Let's say you turn 30 of it into a signing bonus with a million dollar salary for the rest of the year. And you spread that out over the remaining five years of the deal. Actually, one, two, three, it goes through 20. You know, it goes five more years. So you could take the 30 million, divide it over five years, that's six million a year. That would create $24 million in cap space this year. 
for the Rams. Simple. Now, you eventually got to pay the fiddler. And what's going to happen is next year, in addition to the $5 million cap charge for his original $25 million signing bonus, you're going to have another $6 million on top. You're going to have $11 million in cap charge just for starters without regard to a single dollar that the guy gets paid. Oh, and he's got a $25 million salary next year and a $2.5 million roster bonus. So you you got a $37.5 million cap number next year if you do that now. Uh, still going to be a big cap number next year anyway. But you throw on an extra $6 million, it's actually $38.5 million cap charge next year if they do that. So they got to do something. And they're taking full advantage of this loophole that is out there where... Now, look, somebody could come take Leonard Floyd or Sean Robinson off their hands. That's the other side of this coin. These guys are fair game. If someone wants to try to sign Leonard Floyd or someone wants to try to sign Sean Robinson. But the Rams... Uh, I don't want to say it's fast and loose. They're just taking advantage of this unusual climate. And look... The rules are the rules, and you're allowed to have these guys in kind of limbo while you wait for them to pass a physical, and while you wait for them to pass a physical, you have to scramble to create some cap space, and at some point, you better have the cap space, or you're going to be pulling the plug on the deal. And I think if that happens, that could be a problem for the Rams. All right, we're going to take a break. More PFT Live coming at you right after this. Thirty-four minutes after the hour, it's Pro Football Talk Live. Nobody knows at this point what's going to happen with college football season, NFL season. I saw something recently where there are some initial discussions about a truncated college season that would be played in the summer months when the coronavirus pandemic may subside before it makes a return. See, that's one of the concerns in the various communities that are currently being affected by it or will be affected by it, that there's not just one curve that you have to get through. There's multiple curves. Now, there's a concept of community immunity that may kick in at some point as people become, after they've had the virus pass through them, then they they don't, I don't know how any of this works. If you get the virus again, I guess you don't, I guess it, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. For the people who are asymptomatic, if you've had it and you didn't have any symptoms or you had mild symptoms, do you not become a carrier the second time around? I don't know. But anyway, I don't want to start down a road where I am completely unqualified. I'll stick with the road where I'm just marginally unqualified. The college football season could be truncated. It could be moved. The NFL season, no one knows. And I know how fast the off seasons go. I've been living this life for over a decade now where February becomes March, becomes April, becomes May, becomes June, becomes training camp. It happens fast. It's going to be here before we know it. Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, speculates to Peter King, and he admits it's speculation, but he speculates that they will get a 16-game season in. Maybe a shorter training camp. Who knows? Maybe they have to delay the start of the season. They definitely need to delay the schedule release. We don't need to know what games are going to be played where and when. We know the who and the where. We don't know the when. We don't need to have the when attached 
before the draft. Usually that's when they try to get it done. Even in the lockout year, they did it. But they can wait, and they should wait, to put a schedule together until they know whether or not it's a go. One of the reasons you put a schedule out in April is that people who are going to be traveling to games need to know when they need to ask for time off and they want to make their hotel arrangements and their flight. Well, that, that ain't happening right now. No one needs to know that right now. No one's making travel arrangements during football season now. That's one of the few things I'm certain of in these uncertain times. But one thing I've been advocating is that the NFL needs to ask itself every what-if question, and the NFL needs to have a plan in place for every potential scenario. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. They need to pull out a calendar or pull up the calendar on their cell phone device or computer, and they need to just have a plan for every day that things are quote-unquote back to normal. If everything's back to normal by June 1, what's our plan? June 10, what's our plan? June 20, what's our plan? And all the days in between. Where is the day that training camp changes? Where is the day that we declare the off-season program done? And I don't think there's going to be an off-season program. At most, there'll be a mini-camp or something in June that every team has. That's pie-in-the-sky wishful thinking at this point. I don't think there's any off-season program where players actually show up. I think it's going to be things that players are doing at home, video conferences, working out on their own, that's going to be this year's off-season program. And there are going to be some guys who show up for training camp not in shape. Or as Jay Glazer once accused me of being in the shape of a pear. That's the shape. Like the old days. When guys threw their cleats in the mudroom and left them there until it was time to go to training camp and have six preseason games to get everybody in shape for the 14 regular season games. But every day, that's what I would do. If I, if I was the commissioner, I would say to some group, have a committee. Come up with some fancy name. The 2020 regular season contingency planning committee. And I want to have a plan for every day. What do we do if we can't get back until, if it isn't back to normal until July 1? If it isn't back to normal until July 10th, every day, how it affects everything. Adjust the plan every day. And when's the day that it's too late to have a normal training camp? When's the day that it's too late to have preseason games as normal? When's the day that we have to cut the preseason in half? When's the day that the regular season can't begin as scheduled on Thursday, September 10? These are all the things that need to be done. Now, they also need to plan for a season without fans. And Arthur Blank mentioned that as a possibility. 
Can you have fans in some stadiums and not in others? Is that not a competitive disadvantage? They shut the whole league down. All the facilities were shut down because of complaints that the draft preparations were unfolding in an unfair way because some teams are in states with stay-at-home orders. And everyone has to work from home. Other teams in states that don't have stay-at-home orders, so people are still going to the facilities. Are still able to go to the facilities. So Roger Goodell shut everything down last week in response to those complaints. So how could you have a home field advantage? I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. How powerful a home field advantage truly is. We already knew that. But when you hear it explained and how it impacts an offense when you're on the road. Some teams have it. Some teams have crickets. You can't have that. You cannot have half of the league playing in empty stadiums and the other half playing in full stadiums. And the other reality is some communities, it just may be illegal to even have the games if there are still stay-at-home orders in California or somewhere else. Who knows where it's going to be by then? And I'm not suggesting there'll still be a stay-at-home order in California, but what if it comes back? See, I'd have to have a plan for that, too. You have to plan for the possibility that what we're experiencing now is going to boomerang back in at least some communities in October, November, or December. Everything may be fine, or at least close to fine, or as fine as it's going to be pre-vaccine for the coronavirus in July... But once we get back to cold and flu season, when we've got a virus that there's no vaccination for, that, and and look, I hope we're past the point where people are saying, oh, it's just the flu. Oh, it's just the flu. How many flu seasons result in hospitals being overrun by people who need respirators? Can we just stop that crap? There are some people in the media that have been irresponsible from day one. Early on, there was wishful thinking. Some of us were in that denial phase where, oh, it's not, it can't be that bad, right? Especially when we hear people at the highest levels of government saying it's not going to be that bad. We latch onto it because we don't want to freak out. We don't want to freak our families out. We want everything to be normal. There's a point where you have to put that bag down and quit telling people this isn't a big deal. And anyone who has a platform that is using that platform to keep saying it's not a big deal, that person needs to lose that platform. When this is all said and done, there needs to be real accountability for the people who have lied to their following. Lied. I saw something yesterday that there's one major cable network where there is concern about liability because of the gross and overt and blatant downplaying of this crisis to their audience. And there should be. Anyway, I'm saying all this to lead up to a point that I made last night. And I wasn't going to write about this yet until I saw that the Premier League is contemplating this. The NFL's doomsday scenario short of not playing the season at all and giving up the ticket money and the tv money and i think the nfl is going to be desperate to have a season and make the money from televising the games that it always does although i don't know how thrilled the networks are going to be about televising a bunch of empty stadium games or practice facility games Why do you even need to have the games in a stadium, right, if no one's going to be there? 
And the notion that I had last week, and look, I'm not saying that this is practical. I'm not saying it's the right notion. I'm just saying this is one of the things that needs to be on the radar screen for the NFL. This is one of the contingency plans that they need to be thinking through. Is there a place where they can take everyone, everyone, for four months and be away from the rest of society and have a facility with eight, nine, ten fields. You wouldn't even need that many. You need enough so you can play several games simultaneously and get all the games in in a given weekend. And if there's no college football, you can play games on Saturday and Sunday if Congress is willing to give you a dispensation to the broadcast antitrust exemption, which prevents games from being televised on Fridays and Saturdays during college football and high school football season. That's why we don't see Saturday games until December. If the NFL broadcast Saturday games in September, October, or November, they would lose their ability to sell their TV packages as one giant here. You get Cowboys and you get teams that no one wants to watch. But that, under these circumstances, probably would be easily done. You take everybody to a place. You build it in the middle of nowhere. Area 51. I can't, yeah, the tongue-in-cheek. Some place where you can reliably believe from the moment you get there and the moment the players show up and they're tested on the way in and everybody's tested on the way in and they come up with procedures where all the food deliveries, you know, I, and look, it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be cheap and they may decide it's not worth it. They may decide it's, it's better to have no football season at all than to incur the expense that would be incurred by creating this facility. And you know what? The Greenbrier's got a practice facility with three fields and 700 rooms, and maybe they could add to that and do it there. The Greenbrier's in the middle of nowhere, or at least the closest to the middle of nowhere you're going to get in a reasonable distance from where most of the teams are. But they need to at least be thinking about it. I don't think it's ridiculous to be thinking about it. As part of your planning, you need to be thinking about some sort of an isolated experience where the games can be played. Now, are people going to be thrilled about being away from their families for four months? No. But the alternative is no season. We were kicking the idea around on the group text message chain at PFT, and it was suggested that star players won't go. Well, okay, if they don't go, how are their teammates going to feel about them? You know, who do show up? And, and I, you know, is the star player going to walk away from $35 million? If that's the only way you're making your football money this year, now the union's going to have to be part of this. It's a complicated process, but my point is it would be derelict for the league to not be spending time brainstorming all the issues, all the concerns, all the questions, and all of the potential possibilities, positive and negative, of doing something like that and being ready for it. Again, it's, it's, it's probably impractical, it's probably too expensive, and it definitely is something that at least the league needs to have on its radar screen as it makes all contingency plans, every potential plan for having a 2020 season, unless they're fine just pulling the plug and saying no football this year. All right, we got to take a break. When we return, a guy who looks like he is ready to play football more messages for the Panthers, more videos for the public, and more questions from me about why in the hell no one is pouncing on Cameron Newton. We'll talk about that next on PFT Live. 
We have seen plenty of Cam Newton workout videos in the six days since he was released by the Carolina Panthers after a failed effort to trade him. The latest one, videos of Cam Newton dropping back and throwing the football to receivers. And he looks like the Cam Newton that we've always seen. No apparent foot problem, no apparent throwing problem. Remember last year, new throwing motion after shoulder surgery. The message on the video said, people love a good underdog story. This ain't that. Bleep, I've been a dog. Now, I think that's what he said. He's got that very creative and very annoying. I don't know if it's a font. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know if he's got some special kind of phone from outer space where when he punches in the letters, they come up with these weird symbols and accents and tildes and umlauts. And look, I understand that that's just like part of his style. There's a point, though, where you, you can't have it on every letter. Prince didn't do that crap with every letter, right? I remember the first time I ever noticed that with Prince, the song I Would Die For You. It was just the four, number four, and the U, letter U. And I remember thinking, that's odd. And that's how he did things. But the rest of it was I Would Die For. None of that was changed. You don't have to change everything, Cam. You don't have to change every letter. People are trying to read this crap. Anyway, uh, people are trying to figure out where Cam Newton's going to be playing this year. Man, my hands are really dried out. Are your hands really dried out from washing them over and over again? And you know where it is for me? I know this is completely irrelevant to what I'm talking about, but they're actually painful. The tops of the hands right before the wrist. They are killing me. Anyway, uh... Cam, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, this is one of the rare occasions where sitting here on my ass doing nothing, I've felt pain. I feel pain on the tops of my hands right above the wrist from all the times I've washed my hands over the past three weeks. So when is someone going to sign Cam Newton? When's it going to happen? Well, the easy answer is after they're able to conduct an appropriate physical to determine that Cam Newton's foot is fine, his ankle is fine, his shoulder is fine, and everything's fine. But you know what? All it takes is one team to say, screw it. We're going to go ahead and roll the dice on this. We're going to do this deal. We want this guy. The problem is for the amount of money he's got to be looking for, you, you can't. You can't. It's just strange that there's been crickets. See, I think the problem is nobody wants to start talking about the possibility of signing Cam Newton because then if you don't sign Cam Newton, you got a problem. If you're the Chargers and you start talking about Cam Newton and people get excited about the possibility of getting Cam Newton and everyone's all juiced up for Cam Newton and you go back to Tyrod Taylor, you're going to have even fewer fans that are Chargers fans at your new stadium whenever you get to your new stadium. So you can't. You can't openly flirt with him. You can't have an agreement in principle with Cam Newton. This is something that I think is just going to remain in limbo. We're going to see the periodic workouts from Cam Newton, the workout videos that pop up from time to time. And at some point, when he's able to have a proper physical, uh, somebody's going to get dibs on the first physical, 
right? Chargers or someone. I mean, if not the Chargers, who? We've been trying to figure that out. Who else is really in play for Cam Newton? Who else would really be potentially interested? I had Sims convinced last week that maybe the Dolphins should make a run at him. I don't know. Should the Patriots look at him? For what he's going to want financially, they can't afford him. Not with their cap situation. Maybe it's just the Chargers or nobody. And maybe it just will be the Chargers. I think he's going to be great, though. If he's healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And there are going to be teams that are kicking themselves, saying, man, we should have been thinking about Cam Newton when we had the chance. All right, two hours of PFT Live still to come. We'll be back with plenty more right after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.